to infinity and beyond! Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. Coming to you from Laughing Place Studios. Welcome, Disney adventurers and fans, to your All Things Disney podcast. Making your Disney experience more magical. You're listening to Disney with Daddy and Daughter. Hi, I'm Terry. And I'm Tana. He's my dad. And she's my daughter. Welcome to the show, folks. It is episode number 99 on this Friday, October 26, 2018. You're listening to Disney with Daddy and Daughter. We're going to party like it's 1999. No, you know what's even better about today's show? We are going to do 99. Oh, wait a minute. The ghosts are 999. Never mind. It's not going to work. Well, this is. I see what you were trying to do. Yeah, I was trying to go there. You were trying to go there. No, it's not going to work. You're missing a nine. I guess we got to go to show number 999. My daughter, Tana, how are you? <laughs> I'm unbelievable. You want to know why? Why? Because it's almost Halloween. It's getting real close. And Next week, right? Because we have a haunting show. We do have a haunting in show. In store for you today. Shall we tease it? You want to tease it a little bit? Because we're not going to do all of our fluff stuff that we oh, normally yeah. do, right? What about uh, if you want to email us? It's your very merry if unbirthday. If you want to email us, you can yeah, email go celebrate. us at... Uh, if you want to email us, gmail at email.com. Yeah, don't you usually say that now? Disney with Daddy and Daughter Disney. at gmail.com. There you go. You said it. Facebook. Okay. So, yeah. So, we have Find a really cool show today. First of all, um, in the spirit of spookiness, we have a subject Ooh. that covers both oh. ghosts and Disney. Make a terrible ghost. We'd make a terrible ghost. A ghost. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we Michael J. Curry is joining us on yes, the show today. Is. And I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be a blast. Should we just get right into it yeah let's do that let let's, me read uh, a little gotta... something about him here to introduce him right and proper do your thing having literally grown up in the hollywood entertainment industry michael j curry worked at some of the most notable motion picture studios in a variety of jobs get this both in front of and behind of the cameras including our beloved walt disney studios but also warner brothers studio let's see your fingers count all these warner brothers studios Paramount, I don't have enough fingers. Fox, Universal, NBC, CBS, ABC. I don't think there's any more out there, do you? CNN. <laughs> they're not real news <laughs> i'm sorry has, he has amassed one of the largest collections of props even from some of the most beloved films and tv shows which he has written about in his books and trust me he's got quite a few of them he does have we're a gonna, few books we're gonna yeah. mention that in more detail here in a minute but he's also shared with museums and libraries around the globe uh, he continues to attend auctions estate sales he's purchased directly from celebrity collectors as as uh, well and and that's a big part of of his many many hats that he wears but but he's here today because he is known for his keen psychic gifts, among many other talents. Um, his incredible ghost tours and books are available. And to date, he's written and published, like I said, I'd mentioned, over 65 books and counting. He might even have a more current number for us. I think us. it's 70. <laughs> I think he told yeah, me 70. Yeah, he's got yeah. 70 books so out now. On yeah. His, yeah, on his website, he mentions 65, but but I'm sure some time has passed and he's popped out a few more. So we'll ask uh, him about He's like me. That. It takes a while to update yeah. things. <laughs> <laughs> Hundreds of articles. He's invested thousands of haunted sites.
sites around the world. We're here to talk to him today about some of his many, many fascinating stories. Yes, yes we're going to talk about Disneyland. We're going to talk about hauntings, but we're also going to talk about uh, just how he can perceive these things. Some of his awesome stories about Disney history and his relationships with some of the most notable people in the Disney family, as well as some of his upcoming projects that are just hot off the press. So we'd like to welcome, without further ado, to our podcast here, Michael J. Curry. Hey, Michael. Hey, guys. So hey, nice hey. to have you. <laughs> we are honored show. to have you. This is, uh, we're looking at your bio page and it's like, wow, we've got like a real celebrity with us today. This is, you know, the little old humble daddy and daughter and we get a celebrity. This is fantastic. Well, so. you know, most people don't believe I've done all the things I've done with my life. And, and sometimes I can't even, as you said, it's hard to keep up because I can't believe I'm up to my 70th book. It comes out this coming Thursday. Wow. And it's, it's actually called um, Historical Hauntings of Newhall, California and Beyond. And believe it or not, Walt Disney plays a major role in this book. Walt Disney is like one of my main, well, he's my American hero. He's my yeah. number one yeah. hero of all yeah. time. And um, I've written about him in several books. I have other books coming out next year about Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm and Walt Disney World mm -hmm. and, you know, other places too. But, but he, um, his spirit has been with me since I was a little kid. And I first saw him at the park um, after, right after he had died. My parents used to save their money all year to take their kids to Disneyland, as most families did. And uh, we were over in the Adventureland Bazaar. And I was, you know, goofing off with my brother and sister. We were hiding under the clothes and the racks and stuff. <laughs> and I got separated from them. And all, all of a sudden, I was like all alone. And I was crying. And I was really upset. And this kind old man came over and bent down. And he said, oh, no, no crying here. This is Disneyland. And Mickey Mouse wouldn't like that. And I, I looked up at him. And he just had this kind look on his face. And I mean, I'll never forget. He was wearing khaki slacks. And he was wearing a blue sweater. And it had kind of a hole in it. And it had oh big wood, wooden buttons on the front. He just looked like a, a grandpa, you know. Did, did yeah. you recognize him as Walt Disney at that time? At that time. No, at that I, point? Was, I was You were young, really, right? I was really yeah. little. I was probably four, maybe five, you know. Okay, mm. okay. And so he took me by the hand and he said, well, let's go find your mom. And so we did. We looked around the store. My mom was paying for a bunch of stuff. And uh, he oh, came like over. <laughs> and I ran over to my mom and grabbed her legs and hugged her. And, of course, the tears were streaking down my face. And. And my dad looked up to thank the old man that brought me back, and he was gone. Incredible. That is the amazing. Man, that is the man amazing. had just vanished. And there were people in the store, wow. and the cashier, her face just turned white. And my dad and my mom looked at her, and they said, oh, my God, that looked like Walt Disney. <laughs> and the cashier said, <laughs> the cashier said, well, that can't because Mr. Disney died a few years ago. Oh, wow. Wow. Now we're not terrible. making this is not just because it's Halloween, folks. This is no. this Well, this is, is my life this, every day. You yeah. guys know I love this. Yeah. this you you this two are really just going to have a conversation without me is basically what's going to happen here, but but um no, Michael No, this actually this really happened to me. Yeah. And um and I'm in my 50s now. So I was about 4 or 5 then and I every time I go to Disneyland, which is a lot because I have an annual pass, uh -huh. I actually I actually take people there on private ghost tours, which you can't order tickets through Disneyland. You have to order through my website because it is right. a private tour. Mm -hmm. It is allowed though to the park because you know, there's tour operators that bring tour groups there from around the world every day oh, and, sure. they, and, yeah. they, and they know I do these tours. So it's yeah. not like it's, you know, yeah. anything that's bad. Um, but every time I go to that park, I see 
Walt Disney in spirit. I was just going to ask you, when was the last time you saw him? Do you see him every single time you go to the park? Well, pretty much. I mean, there have been wow. times where I don't see him, but I feel him or I smell his cigarette smoke. And, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, it's very interesting. Now, let me tell you, huh. I have also... I'm, I am the only psychic medium in the world that has ever investigated the haunted mansion at Disneyland for ghosts. <laughs> I've been, I've been inside the haunted mansion. Can you mansion. tell us about that? You gotta, yeah. you gotta tell us about it. <laughs> we gotta know we, about we, that. Uh, stop the questions, Tana. <laughs> Put those down. Tell us about that experience and what that was all about. Yeah. Well, I can't tell you everything. You know, okay. they, can they can read about it in my book called The Ghost of Walt Disney and Me. Perfect. Because um, I do spell out more of the story in there. But to make, you know, just to give you a little blurb a of teaser. how it all happened. Right. <laughs> I, uh, I had met Roy Disney Jr. That's what I call him. You know, Roy Sr.'s son who uh -huh. worked for mm -hmm. Walt uh -huh. and was, you know, a producer. And he was uh, involved with the company for many years before he passed away. And um, I had met him through Ray Bradbury, who I had known for many years. And Ray's a sci-fi writer. And mm -hmm. I do a lot of conventions where I sign autographs. Like I've done like... Uh, Oh, like Cinecon and I've done uh, Comic-Con and Kamikaze Con and you know, all these different conventions. Mm -hmm. so I do the Doctor Who convention every year at yeah. the LAX Marriott. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's, I, I lecture there every year. I have my own panel and standing room only. I mean, it's pretty amazing. So I met Ray Bradbury and we really hit it off and became friends. And he says, well, have you ever, you know, been up in Walt Disney's apartment? I said, no, I never have, but I'd love to. So he kind of set that up. So I went to meet Roy and interviewed him at his offices in Burbank over by the studios. And um, when I got there and we talked for a couple of hours, he says, what are you doing for lunch? I said, oh, I think I'm having lunch with you. And he goes, well, we are. And Ray's, Ray's going to join us. But I was wondering if you had time to go down to Disneyland. I thought I would take you guys to Club 33. I said, oh, that's great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we drove, we drove down to Disneyland I'm free. together. Yeah. <laughs> we met Ray down there. And um, we went to Club 33. But before we went in there, he took me up the stairs into Walt and Lillian's private apartment above oh, the firehouse. Wow. And wow. I have to tell you, you know, even though I'm a psychic medium and I see ghosts and feel them and stuff, I'm also a huge fan of Disneyland. I've been going there since I came into this existence. My mom loves it. My dad loved it. Mm -hmm. You know, so knowing all these little backstories has been a really fun thing through the years, but I got to know them from the people that helped Walt build Disneyland. And I talk about those things in my books as well, which is kind of cool. So we went upstairs, we went inside and we smelled something cooking and there was no stove in the apartment, but we all smelled it. We didn't know what it was. And we thought, wow. Roy, Roy said to me, well, sometimes Disney employees sneak up here and they have their lunch. And it could be that somebody had just cooked, you know, something and brought it over or, uh, the, the firehouse is attached to the Disneyland City Hall with a walkway, like a patio. Mm -hmm. And there, yes. there is a door up there because the, the uh, City Hall has a second story. And a lot of employees work up there. There's offices and they can go out there and they used to smoke out there and stuff, too. They're not supposed to, but they could. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so we thought, well, maybe it's that. But that door, the back door from the uh, firehouse apartment was locked that day. So no one anyway, was coming was through. Yeah. yeah. So nobody, nobody could have been there. Nobody could have been inside. We also heard the toilet flush and we went into the bathroom to look and the toilet, you could see the water spinning around like it was going down, but nobody had pulled the handle down to flush it. Wow. So that's kind of weird. Hmm. And then while we were sitting in there, I said, well, you know, let's find out who's here. So I went into a light state of consciousness, what mm -hmm. we psychics call a trance. 
And I always ask God to protect us from anything of the dark because I don't work with anything evil. I'm Catholic and I believe in God. And it's good to know. <laughs> I always ask for protection. I yeah. always ask for protection before I do any work, which is good. And um, anyway, so I did that and spirits started to come into view and I couldn't really see them clearly. But I, I asked one of the spirits if they were related to Roy Disney to give us a sign and at that moment, the telephone started ringing in the apartment. <sighs> Which probably doesn't ring Which normally. Which probably doesn't ring. <laughs> Hasn't rang in years. Or... So Who I would said, call up there? <laughs> I said wow. to Roy, I said, well, let's pick up the phone and see who's on the other yeah. yeah, of course. Now, at that time, it was an old-fashioned candlestick telephone. <laughs> and today, there's a more modern phone in there. But it, at the time, it was a candlestick. So Roy picked up the receiver, and he's like, there's nobody here. And I said, well, what do you mean there's nobody there? He said, hello, hello, and nobody answered. And he handed me the receiver. I put it up to my ear, and we heard static. So we hung it up. And I said, all right, well, I hear that. But if you're really here, do it again. The phone rang again. <gasps> but this time, I said to the spirit, if it's Walt, let the phone ring twice and then stop. If it's Roy Sr., let the phone ring three times and stop. Well, the phone rang twice and stopped. So we oh knew my. it was Walt Disney. Wow. So I was able to use that telephone, which has electricity going through it. And I believe that spirits are electricity. They are electromagnetic energy, which we know is all over the earth. It goes through the grids, you know, television waves, radio waves are electricity as well that go from antennas to satellites and, and to our phones and our cell phones. And that's how it all works. So to me, it's very logical that spirits are not these evil demons from the underworld. They are electricity. It's the electricity from our human form that when we die, leaves our bodies, which is known as our shell, and it rises back up into the atmosphere along with all the other television and microwaves and radio waves that are floating around. So mm -hmm. I'm like a walking antenna. And when I'm in an area that's highly concentrated with this energy, the spirits are able to materialize in front of me and show the way they looked in their last incarnation, which is the last life they lived on Earth. Or they can talk to me, too. So it's kind of interesting. So I really believe that Walt Disney was in that apartment with us. And there's a music box, a big, giant uh, floor-standing cabinet in the apartment that had a music box that Walt and Lillian bought when they were in Switzerland. And they had it shipped home. And they had a couple of them, so they took one of them to the apartment to listen to while they were there. Now, I want to tell your listeners, the apartment is very tiny. It's like a studio apartment. It doesn't have a kitchen. It has a kitchenette, which means it has a sink. It has a little tiny refrigerator. It had yeah. a hot plate. There might have been a microwave in modern times, but there wasn't then. And there is a bathroom with a shower, no tub, a sink, and a toilet. So it's very, very small. And they had, they didn't even have beds. They had studio couches, which were beds that, that slide into a built-in uh, bookcase. And they could pull them out and lay down. And there were some rocking chairs and some little tables and a television. And, you know, it was only big enough for a couple of people. So when Walt and Lillian were there, they would go up there and relax if they got tired. And Lillian would invite some of her lady friends to come over and they'd have tea and lunch on the patio. But whenever they were there, they would sit on the patio, but far away from the fence so that people couldn't see that they were there. They lived a very private existence up there, which was kind of cool. And then once in a while, Walt would open the window and look out and talk to people and wave to the fans and stuff. But it was kind of a rare thing. 
But um, anyway, I've been up there many times since, and and wow. I've done some cool things up there, and, and more of that's in my book. But anyway, so that day, uh, the haunted mansion was closed for repairs, and we had lunch at Club Thirty Three, and one of the guests there worked was an Imagineer from Wed, and he was talking to Roy. And he said, gosh, we're having so many electrical problems. We can't figure out what's going on. We've been checking and checking, <laughs> and we can't find any issues. And so Ray Bradbury spoke up, and he said, well, maybe it's haunted. And the guy laughed. And then Ray introduced me to this guy from Wed, who I can't mention his name because right. he still works there. And, okay. You know, it's private. But yeah. he, uh, he said, oh, my God, you're a psychic medium? Oh, my God, I'd love to have you walk through the mansion and check it out. So that afternoon, that's what we did. The, th the four of us went into the haunted mansion, uh, went into the elevator, you know, down below because you go underground. Yeah. We walked. I walked into parts of that haunted mansion that fans never get to see. I went backstage. I was in um, hallways that are like they look like the back of a movie set. If you've ever been to Universal yeah. Studios on a tour. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of of wood that's not painted it's um all the facades uh, right <laughs> right yeah. two by fours and fake yeah. walls yeah. You know, it's, it's just like that yeah but there are there are rooms back there too where they store props and they have like extra chairs and they pull like the original madame leota's table isn't used anymore that was taken out and that's still in the haunted mansion but it's in storage mm. and um mm. madame leota's chair the chair you see today is the same one they've had for years but, you know, they've had other chairs and they will they'll switch them out and they've had different um, uh, seance globes. And some of those are, have been back there. And, you know, they get pulled out and taken to different storage places. But the, the house itself is really just a big empty box. Um, I did something funny, though. I, I got to go up into the cupola, which only Disney employees can go up there, cast members. But you have to have special permission to get up there. And when you go up inside... You see on the inner walls, which are made of wood, where the windows are on the inside, people have carved their names and their initials into the wood all throughout <laughs> time. And um, I got to go up there and check that out, and it was kind of fun. And I didn't carve my name in there because I didn't want to do that. But And I didn't have anything to carve with. But years later, I asked a, a cast member that I got to be friendly with from Facebook um, if she would go up there and write my website, which is icghost.com on the wall. <laughs> and she did, and she took a picture of it. Oh, so now in my, in my book, I show a picture of my website uh, listing on the wall oh, with that's all so the awesome. other hundreds of cast members that have signed the wood for years. You know, So it's kind of a cool thing to be able to do that. That's yeah, so cool. That and, and, you know, I, I am I, I'm really wanting to ask you in because you you sense these spirits and I want to ask you exactly how, what that experience is like for you. You're saying you're seeing them, you're smelling them. I wanted to know if there's anything else that is very common for you to experience. But in, in a side of that, too, the second question is in relation to sensing this way, spirits in general, how does Disneyland add up as far as the, the kind of activity or presence there? Well, I, I'm not going to tell you it's the most haunted amusement park in the world because that would not be true. You know, I mean, there are spirits everywhere. Everywhere I go, I see spirits or I hear them or I, I, I sense them. I don't always see them. Some, you know, let me just say this, that w when you die, not everybody who dies becomes a ghost. Some people are have learned all the lessons in their spiritual path and they move on to wherever it is we go, whether it's heaven or we reincarnate. I don't really know. I do believe in reincarnation because it's logical. It makes sense to me. And I've been places in this lifetime that I had never physically been to before, like the white house. And I knew where things were. I remember I went to Ford's theater one time 
to sing. I won a scholarship to work there. And um, I had to go to the bathroom really bad. And they were doing construction in the lobby of the theater. So the restrooms were closed. And I mean, I had to go and I could not not go. And all of a sudden, I heard a spirit voice say to me, go into the basement and there's a men's room down there. So I asked the guide who was you know, with us, the singers, uh, if I could go down and use the men's room in the basement. And she said, oh, sure, I'll take you down there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then she stopped me and she said, wait a minute, how do you know we have a men's room in the basement? I said, well, I was told that by a man's voice. And maybe it's Abraham Lincoln himself. Who knows? Oh, my. But, you know, <laughs> well, you I went, I went up- down there and there was the restroom and it was, you know, it was open in there. I mean, it was just, but that's just a, a bathroom story. But let me do a side note here. You'll laugh sure. at this. Yeah. yeah. One of the most haunted places that I ever encounter spirits, believe it or not, are public restrooms. Yeah. That's interesting. Because why do you think that why, is? I was just going to say the same yeah. thing. Why, why do you think that is? I think because many spirits that know I can see them or they want to get my attention, they want to chat. They know that I'm in there and it's private and they have me all to themselves, you know, right. and you are, you're, if you're in a yes. stall, it's private and you're focusing on what you're doing and you know, it's just one of those mm-hmm. things. Yeah. But I mean, I've seen spirits in Disneyland restrooms and I know women psychics have seen them there too. Um, but spirits are literally everywhere we go. Think about it. People mm-hmm. are everywhere we go. People living are all over the place. And now Disneyland is more crowded than ever. And now that they're putting Star Wars Land in, which I think is a joke because, <laughs> you know, Disneyland, well, first of all, Disneyland has always been complaining there's too many people coming. You know, why wouldn't they make that a separate park and make that its own land? You know, like Walt yeah. Disney World. Sure, yeah. They have space. There is space in Anaheim. They, they've cleared enough space to make, to make Star Wars Land. They should just close it off from Disneyland, give it its own gate, its own parking structure, because when that opens, it's going to be a cluster F, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, we I mean, uh, we talk about that often. Ever. Yeah, we, we really talk about not... it often. Changing everything at Disneyland, it's it's yeah. going it's it's going to be huge. It's just a huge change that we're going to not see the Disneyland that we know right now. And and of course, no. we've seen that go through many changes as well. But right. with Star Wars Land coming in, it's going to be completely different. Right. Or they could have put yep. it in Dis- in California Adventure over by yeah. Tower of Terror. Yeah. They had plenty of room to do it over there, too. But, you know, it is what who are we? I'm just the pimple <laughs> on the butt of the world. So, you know, my my voice has no meaning to anybody else. But anyway, so the interesting thing is that, I mean, Walt Disney has appeared in many of the rides to me that I've been on through the hmm. years. I remember the first time I went to Walt Disney World, I got on the little boat to go from the parking lot to the Magic Kingdom. And while I was there, not only did Walt appear to me, but Roy Sr. appeared to me as well. And they said to me in my ear, they didn't appear in physical form, but I heard them through my psychic you know, ear. Mm-hmm. And, and they both said to me, Michael, you're going to love this. This is what we really wanted to do with Disneyland. But we ran out of money and we didn't have enough land to do this. Hmm. But we know that you're going to enjoy this. And they were with me the entire time I was there. I was there for four days. Well, this nice. brings wow. up a really good point, Michael, because the thing is, is, uh, you know, uh, you mentioned even before the show, we started chatting about, you know, people who might pick up your book and think, oh, am I going to have nightmares after this? Because it's on the right. subject of, of ghosts and spirits. But but all of the examples you're sharing, and to be quite honest, my perspective as well from my experiences, is that this is not, it's not just something to be scared of. I mean, we, no. we play into this 
during Halloween and, and, and we I'll get be, in the spirit. I'll but... add to that I, because I'm kind of that way. I would think, you, you know me, I'm totally different than you. And, and I am like, you know, some things are better left untouched and right. maybe I shouldn't even dabble with. The... So why right. would somebody like me want to pick up your book and read it? Well, if you love Disney like I love Disney, and I of think course, you, guys, yeah. you both do, sure. I'm a, I'm a historian as well as a psychic medium. Mm -hmm. I've written 70 books now, and 90% of my books are about history, and the ghost stories are there, but it's a great way to learn about local history and a topic that you're very interested in. So, you know, that's part of it. The other thing is that, well, I told you, I had a book signing last Friday in Pasadena, and this woman came up to me, and I had all my books spread out on the table, and she was looking at my covers and she goes, oh my God, these books look fascinating. Your covers are beautiful. And I would love to buy one, Mr. Curry, but if I bring it home and I open it, will the ghost fly out and start haunting my house? <laughs> yeah, see, that, that's my point exactly. Well, <laughs> I don't have all, any ghosts in my house right now. And if I buy your book, maybe they're going to start flying out. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I get that logic. So well, tell me why it's okay. Well, first of all, ghosts are not inside of a book. Okay, There's good. Oh, reading story. That's good to know. That's that's an old wives tale. You know? <laughs> okay. And I said to the girl, I said, oh, my gosh, why would you think that? She goes, well, my grandmother told me. I said, where are you from? She says, Mexico. I said, I need to go to Mexico and talk to these old grandmothers. <laughs> I hear stories like this all yeah. the time, you know. Yeah. But, but remember, a lot of people, not just Mexican people, but people around the world from all walks of life believe in ghosts. There are millions upon millions upon millions of ghost stories. But the thing is that these ghosts are not the evil demons of the underworld. 99% of the ghosts that haunt the earth are people like you and me that were good, honest, loving, caring people in their lives. And when they die, they don't know where to go. They get stuck. So people say, well, why, why did they come back? Well, they didn't come back. They've never left the earth to begin with. They're still on the earth plane. They're not in hell. As some religious zealots will tell you, they're all mm -hmm. negative and from hell. No, they're not. That's not true. You know, if you call yourself religious, whether you're Christian or Muslim or Baptist or Catholic, whatever your denomination is, or Egyptian, whatever it is, and you believe in God, then you have to believe in spirit because God is the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And according to the Bible, the Bible says God created man and woman in his image. So that means that right, we are all right. part of God. Right. Mm -hmm. yep. And we're then if we die and we become spirits, then we're all spirit children of God. Even huh. the spirits that are negative, they were creatures of God. They were they were, you know, they were made by God. If God is real, I'm saying that now I'm speaking as a scientist, but I am, you know, I have a scientific side and I have a logical side and mm -hmm. I have a spiritual and a religious side. Well, you, have to, you have to have all those things. I mean, you, it's yes, you to do. experience what you've experienced. Yes. You say, OK, now I know that this is real. I did this myself. Now I know that this is real. Now I, I'm trying to grasp but understand it. And you really right. can find understanding in things like science or or, right. you know, spiritual beliefs. It, it, there is actually a lot of really fascinating logical explanations for a lot of this. Right. Like you said, electricity, They're the implications right. of that. So it's right. all it's all very um, tangible, more than what people think of as just haunts and situations like that you know and the thing is that the spirits i work with are all positive spirits let me give you an example of what it's like to hear a spirit yeah because you know most people have no idea what this world is like you know you know tana because you work in this like i do a little bit i don't know if you're a medium but you certainly you know i mean i know you're mediumistic but i don't know if you see spirits but it would be like standing on main street before the fireworks show 
or you're waiting for a parade to start. And I hear all these voices all at once and they're jumbled together. But if I single out the voices, I hear things like, mama, I want popcorn. Daddy, I have to go potty. I want to go on Mr. Toad's wild ride. I want to go on the pirate's ride. I want to do this. I want to do that. And they're all talking very fast and it sounds jarbled. But when I start to focus in on a single entity, then I can hear them. And many times they say things to me like, can you actually see me? They also, wow, really? wow. many right. times they know my name, Michael. Mm -hmm. Oh, Michael, I'm so glad you're here. I want to introduce you to my husband. This is Roy. This is so-and-so. They will introduce me to other spirits that are with them. Um, I've been in, I've been down in the middle of the earth in caves in Calico, behind Calico Ghost Town. There are, are still mine shafts that rangers have taken me down into. We've explored them and spirits are still down there and they think that they're still alive and they're still hacking away at the stone looking for silver, you know, right. and it's some incredible. of them died. Some of them died there. Some of them died in their beds and their homes retired years later, but ghosts go back to places that are familiar to them or they had a great experience in their life. That is the number one reason why ghosts haunt, you know, mm -hmm. all these phony baloney reality shows. They want you to think that Ghosts are evil and there's vortexes. I don't use those terms. Those terms to me are like Star Trek terms. You know, those are, those are TV show terms that are used by people that don't really know what they're talking about. Um, let me also tell you that when I was a youngster, I was about 14, 15, I was raised in a Catholic school or a Catholic church, went to Catholic school, mm -hmm. and I, just, I was hit by a car when I was eight years old, and that's when I really oh. started to see the spirits. Mm -hmm. And one day I was at school and I was talking to a nun who was working in a garden. And I said, sister, do you have a bad back? Is your back hurting? And she says, oh my gosh, it's hurting so bad. She goes, wait a minute, Michael, how do you know that? I was like eight. I said, because I see that orange color around your upper back. And when I see that color, it means pain. And she said, <laughs> and she said what, are, what are these colors you're seeing? Michael, are you seeing auras? Well, I had never heard that word before, right, so I didn't right. know what it was. And I said, I don't know, but I said, I also see red and you have green over your heart and you have blue and you have purple. And, and so she was going to UCLA and taking classes in psychology because they were priming her to become the principal of our school. She took a course in parapsychology and that course was uh, taught by a woman who was the first American woman to get a fully accredited degree in, in parapsychology in the United States back in the 1960s, which was really unheard of at that time. Yeah. <laughs> and her name was Dr. Thelma Moss. So she was teaching this class and the nun asked my parents for permission and they said yes, because I was already discovering my abilities, but I had no one to ask questions. There were no books in the library about it. I mean, if there were, I didn't understand them because they were written by scientists and adults and I'm a little kid, you know. So when I was a little older, she took me with her to UCLA and I met Dr. Moss and we went out to lunch and while we were having lunch, she said, well, how does this work? I said, I don't know. That's what I'm here to ask you. And I said, <laughs> I said, but I can see things around you. I see an older lady and she's got a blue eye and a brown eye. And I see a dog that uh, looks like a German shepherd, but it's got weird colored eyes. They're both blue. And she said, oh, that was my favorite dog, Blue. And I said, yes. And I said, now I see it getting hit by a car. Oh. And the woman was so upset. And she's like, oh, my gosh, you can see that? I said, yes. And you ran out. You almost got hit yourself. And your dad came running after you. And he picked up the dog. And it died in your arms. And, and she looked at the nun. And she said, oh, my God, this is amazing. I've never met a kid who had these gifts like this, like Michael, you know. 
So at the time she was doing a study on psychic children and she invited me to take part in that study. And I was a teenager by that time. And I said, well, I said, I, I, I'll do it if I can learn more about my own abilities, why I have this. It was kind of scary when I was growing up. I didn't understand. I and sure. Yeah. I was, I was really afraid of the dark and I'd have spirits coming at me at the dark. And, you know, that's what most people think that the spirits only come out at night. Well, no, they don't. You know, let me tell you also, the first t thing I do when I move into a new house is I walk around the house and I say, all right, you guys, I know you're here. Here are Who's the here? ground rules. No, here are the no. ground rules. I set ground rules. I say you to have them, to. I, yeah. I can see you all the time, 24-7, but I would prefer to see you during the day than at night. So my rule is if you need my help, you come and talk to me during the day, you know, no popping out at night, no glowing in the dark. You know? <laughs> wow. And I do it as kind of a joke, but I'm actually serious about it as well. Yeah. Yeah. And no, people don't talk about this enough, but you know, driving no. bathroom, shower, these places, right. you know, these, these are the times a lot of people do have experiences. So I, I completely understand why you'd wow. say well, that's that. Right. Yeah. And then of course, you know, there are people in the world that are heavy drug users and they, every once in a while, when I'm on a radio show or a TV show or something, I get all these calls from people that claim that they're seeing demons and they think that all spirits are demons. I'm like, well, why do you think they're demons? Well, they're coming at me with a hatchet. And one guy in particular, just this just happened last week. I said, well, I said, I have to ask you a particular question and it may be private and personal, but if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. I said, are you a drug user? And the guy screamed at me and slammed the phone down, you know, yeah. and then called me back when screaming at me on the phone. How dare you? I said, sir, I said, I have to ask that question because I suspect that if you're seeing demons, you're using drugs because the only people that see demons are drug users. So I'm sorry, I can't really? help you. Huh. Yes, that's well, very I true. Mean, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, attracting like and like, then you'll yes. have a certain kind of experience. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. correct. And, that's and, correct. You know, we could just, we're just going to have to have you, and we were, we talked about this before the show is not just having you on the show again, but getting you into our studio so we can have some fun. We could and we could get fun. a video. I know. So we're, we're now wait a minute. Hold it. What? Hold on what? though. What? Michael, when you show up, do you bring all the ghosts with you? No, because no, no, I don't no. have any. They're in my already house, here. Yes, Are you sure? They're here already? <laughs> well, yeah. You know Everywhere. Of course. You mean the laughing place now. studios has ghosts and we don't even know it? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, well, you, you know never told I, me about I, that, Tammy. I, I, I knew it. Oh, oh see, Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell Tinkerbell's barking away. She's, she's yeah, yeah, she's agreeing see? with us. Yeah. Animal, animals are very sensitive, too, especially cats and dogs. Oh, especially they, Tinkerbell. Yeah. No. As you could just hear. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I know um, when spirits are around. So, you, yeah. yes, you, you probably do have spirits in your house, but. Again, they're not the evil demons no. of the underworld. Yeah. No. You know? yeah. okay. let, let me just say this last thing, and then we'll move on, go back to Walt Disney. For most people who have experienced ghosts in their house, they're not, you know, spirits can't kill you. They're not going to hit you over the head with a hatchet. That stuff only happens in Hollywood and movies. Um, you know, if you lived in a house that was negatively haunted, there's no way you could actually live in that house. And I've only encountered those things a couple of times in my career I don't want to work with anything evil or of the negative. So if I feel, if I come to your house, you hire me to do an investigation and I come to your house and I feel that something negative's there. When I get out of the car, I will know that. And I'll call you on a phone or a cell phone or something and say, I'm very sorry, but I can't help you. But I'll refer you to a shaman or someone who's stronger than I am who can assist you with your haunting. Mm -hmm. Because I really don't deal with anything that's evil. I only deal with the spirits of what I call the white light of the Christ consciousness. And that's what I am comfortable working with. And Walt Disney is certainly of the white light of the Christ consciousness. Now, one thing people don't know 
is that Walt Disney was very much open to the occult. Now, I'm not saying he had seances and he was, I don't know if he was a Mason. Maybe he was, but I don't know that Masonic people are really into the occult. Some people say they are. Maybe they are. I don't know. But, you know, he did the Dancing Skeletons uh, cartoon, which was so yeah. cute. And that yeah. was based on a Halloween uh, you know, it was based, made for Halloween, but it was based on a haunting. His wife Lillian told me that he was in a haunted house back in his hometown. And when he designed Disneyland, he had said from day one, we have to have a haunted house in the park. <laughs> we have to, because that's part of my life. And I want this to be like my hometown, you know, yeah. Main Street, USA. So, and then when I met John Hench at the studio, you know, we're talking when I worked there the first time. I was called into his office and people were like, oh, my God, I thought I was going to get fired. You know, I'd done something wrong because people were afraid. <laughs> well, they were afraid of him. When you're called into the office of the big boss, people are usually afraid of what the outcome is going to be. And I went in. This is a funny story, actually. I went in and his secretary was out to lunch and he the door was open ajar, and he was on the phone and he took his hand and he waved me in and pointed to a chair. So I sat down in front of his desk. And he was he was uh, throwing something around in his hand. It looked like a rock or something. And he was talking to somebody on the phone and he sounded pretty gruff. And he used the S word, you know, which I won't use here because this is a family show. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, um, and then all of a sudden he tossed the rock onto a stack of papers. And I noticed the rock was round like, a, you know, those Japanese round black rocks that people put near their fish ponds and stuff. Yeah, it was yeah. one of those. And when it rolled up, it had the word. The S word painted on it, and it was kind of funny, and so I and I it rolled right it rolled right into my lap and I caught it. So Wait, anyway, were you up here? Were you uphill or downhill? <laughs> Just kidding. I know. No, it didn't. It didn't hit me in the head or anything. <laughs> and we're talking. We're talking a small pebble. We're not talking. Yeah, sure, pebble, sure. You know. Anyway, he got got off the phone. He introduced himself. I said, "Well, I said it's so nice to meet you." And he says, "I'm so glad to finally meet you." Now, what I'm leaving out is that I had done a TV show over the weekend with a local TV company. It was Channel 5, I believe, which is KTLA out here. And uh, they were talking to me about seeing ghosts and being a psychic medium. And it was in September, so Halloween was on its way. And John got up and he closed the door. And I noticed on the back door, he had this beautiful, round, uh, looked like a clock face that had a sun and a moon and a comet. And it had all the astrological symbols in a circle. Well, I recognized it right away because it was the clock face on the Swiss chalet in Fantasyland that was the uh, landing platform for the sky buckets. Oh, wow. Remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sky and then I tomorrow. saw yeah. that. That's right. I saw that and I said, oh, my God, I love that. What's that? He goes, well, Walt and I designed this. It was going to be a clock on top of the Swiss chalet, but we never got around to finishing it and turning it into a clock. Now it's just up there as a dial. But wow. Walt huh. and I really were, he was really into astrology, John Hench was, and so was Walt Disney. They read their horoscopes all the time. They would call each other on the phone and joke about stuff. And Walt would say, I read your horoscope today. You better stay in bed today. You better not come <laughs> to the office. You know, and they would laugh about stuff. So then I, I, I said, oh, here's your rock. And I handed it to him and he blushed. And he That's... told me this story. He says, I actually got this from Walt. He gave it to me as a gift shortly before he passed away. It was painted for him by Rolly Crump, who uh, was asked to, to paint it for Walt's secretary or his nurse. I can't remember now which one. I think it was the nurse. And uh, she gave it to Walt as a gift. 
And it was always a big joke in the office. And evidently, Walt liked it so much. He had so- several of them made by Rolly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And that's he gave funny. them to other friends. And so, you know, John Hench had this all this time. And I just laughed because I was shocked that Walt would even use a word like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if I... you know. Yeah, when uh, I, I just can't forget the part of our conversation the other day. We've had some great conversation off the air, but you yeah. said something that really struck uh, home for me. You said something that that Lillian had said to you about your likeness to to Walt Disney, and and it could and maybe you'll say it in your own words, but that that she thought you, the two of you would just be the best of friends. Yes, she did say that. I'll tell that story. It was really fun. Um, and, and and let me just tell you. I now own that rock. <laughs> oh, no way. You that's have great. it? Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. It. And I show it in my book. And I met Roly Crump. I interviewed him for my book as well many years ago. And um, I talked to him over the phone. And then I went down to San Diego and met him in person. And we really hit it off, too. And so not too long ago, I went to a book signing. He did. He wrote a wonderful little book about his stories because he's a great storyteller. He co-wrote it with another author. And I went to Burbank to meet him. And I shook his hand and he had just had some dental work done so he couldn't talk very well but i said to him i said i want you to know i have your s rock and he goes you do and his face lit up and he smiled and i pulled it out of my pocket and i showed it to him (laughs) and i had i had my picture taken with roly and i and i'm holding this little rock which you can hardly see you know sure sure but he was so happy and then later on he called me and he goes well tell me where you got that rock and i told him the story about john hanch and Mm -hmm. you know the rest the rest is history so yeah one of the cool one of the cool things about my life is that i worked at the studios for a short time you know i were i swept floors i worked for wed I learned how to make molds. I worked with Blaine Gibson, who was like the head sculptor. And at that time, you know, he was flying back and forth from Florida to Burbank because they were working on Walt Disney World. And, you know, I think, well, actually, that time Walt Disney World was already open, but they were still working on things to improve the, the parks and stuff. And and I, I've done some sculpting all my life because I used to build dollhouses and I work in miniatures. And I really wanted to work in the studio so badly. And um, so one day I went over and I heard that they were auditioning sculptors for a project and I went over and talked to Blaine about it. And he says, Michael, I would love to hire you. Your sculptures are wonderful. Your samples are great, but we just had a freeze on hiring and we can't hire anybody new until we rehire those people that were laid off because they're union and that's how the union works. So I kept hearing this over and over and over again. And I finally just gave up and went to school and studied to be an opera singer, which is another thing I do. (laughs) What don't you do? Of course you do. I know, not much. So, but I worked as a temp and when I worked as a temp, they'd get calls all the time for me because I have a great voice. They, they would always tell me that. And they liked my speaking voice. I'd answer the phones and do general office work. I worked in human resources at Disney and Paramount and Warner brothers and universal and, you know, on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And one week I'd be at universal and the next week I'd be at Disney. And then for a while I had a job. I worked for nine months there for a person that was out on maternity leave. And I guess there was problems with the baby. So they held her job for her and I, I held her position. And while I was there, I would go on my breaks. I'd go into Walt's office and I'd go oh, and boy. play on the on the facades and the back lot, which are all, most of them are gone now. They've taken them out. They put them out at Golden Oak Ranch in Newhall. Mm. Um, but that's where I met a lot of the interesting people. Harriet Burns, who was the woman who, you know, helped Walt design the Tiki Room and Small World. And I met Mark and Alice Davis there and, you know, Sam McKim and all kinds of interesting people that helped Walt make Disneyland what it was, you know, and what it is today. And so with those experiences, and then when I'd be on TV shows on the weekend talking about ghosts, I'd come back to work on Monday and 
people would come up to me and they'd say, are you really psychic? Oh my God. You know, I had this experience after Walt died. I had a dream about him. Like Harriet Burns told me about a dream that Walt appeared to her and told her some stuff and everything he told her came true within the next six weeks. Wow. So just in in six weeks, huh? Right. And and other things too. I mean, through the years, you know, Walt would appear to her and tell her, you know, this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And I don't want this to happen and blah, 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 blah. And I mean, I was, I stayed in touch with Harriet just before her death and we were friends for a long time. We talk on the phone and, and she would ask me other questions. These people that were stars of Disney were calling me little Michael Curry of Burbank, California asking for my advice about information that they dreamt about Walt, or they would smell his cologne, or they would smell a certain brand of cigarettes that he smoked at the studios or over at Disneyland. You know, behind Disneyland used to be a lot of workshops and places where the paint shop was there, and people that worked there would smell his uh, cigarettes, or they'd hear him clearing his throat, and they always knew that that was him because he was such a smoker and he had lung cancer. And yeah. You know, they'd hear him, you know, all the time. Sure. And then they would know and they'd freak out and stop what they were doing and make sure that everything in their office was spick and span because the big boss was coming in. You know, (laughs) I mean, there are so many hundreds of stories in my book that goes to Walt Disney and me like this. And the reason the book is called The Ghost of Walt Disney and Me, the me is not just me, Michael Curry. The me are all the 350 plus people that I met and interviewed over a 30 year period before that book came out. It took me 35 years to research that book. And you know, you can't just sit down and write a book. Some people can do that, I can't. I have to be very thorough. I have to interview, you know, the people and go back and do research and make sure that their dates and their timelines line up with history and read newspaper articles. And I, I am very skeptical about ghosts. I don't believe it until I see it or experience it myself. And that's Me what too. I write about in my book. <laughs> well, you should do that. That's, why, yeah, that's why when Michael visits or when we visit Michael, we're going to go on a tour. And next right. time we're Let's in Disneyland. Go. I think I, we should go visit him down well, yeah, in Disneyland. So that's too. what we should do and, and take one of the tours. That would be the fun thing to do. Let's not forget to talk about this. If someone is really interested, Michael, in uh, doing one of these tours and they love everything that we're talking about with you know Disney in mind and your work and your gifts in mind, how can we can we throw that out there right yeah, now? How do we get a hold of people How do, do that? I don't want to you? forget to to provide they people that. Me on, they can find me on my website, which is icghosts.com. Now, remember, I have to spell this out because my I made my website very unique 20 years ago when the internet first started. I wanted it to be, <laughs> I want people to think. I like to make people think. I like them to use their brain. So it's the letter I as an igloo, C as in cat, G as in God, H as in house, O S as in Sam, T as in Tom, S as in Sam.com. So I see ghosts.com. You awesome. know, sometimes people will call me like a, a company will call me that maybe the phone company or something. I'm paying my bill on the phone and they'll say, well, we tried to email you. What is your email? And I'll say, I see ghosts. I'm like, what's they'll say, what's an ICG host? <laughs> and I'm like, come on. Said, oh, I, that's exactly what I say to them. I say to them, go back and read that and tell me what it says. Come on. That's and so it's so funny, funny that I that's really so like the, my, my license plate says that the back of my car has my website on it too, but they can find me that way on my website. They go to the tour calendar from the homepage mm-hmm. and all the tour dates are there. I also do tours in Pasadena. I do a tour at Alcatraz. I do specialty tours on cruise ships. 
I've done tours in Mexico and Canada, and I have a tour coming up in Europe of haunted castles. You know, there's all kinds of stuff. I do one at Ground Zero, Gettysburg, Valley Forge, you know, all kinds of tours yeah. all over the place. And you've got some great pictures on your website too. I mean, we do yes. encourage everyone I to go over Shannon and tweed. look at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I know we, we are going to be running out of time today, but Michael, we'll have to have you He's back to back. talk about, yeah, we, we got, got we got to have get you back. Half of we got, the things I know, we wanted to ask him. This but is but I do want to make sure that we do give you a chance to talk about um, the historical hauntings of Newhall, California and beyond. So you have an event coming up here and some really cool stuff going on with this. Can you share That's with right. us a little bit about that that's right well I, i've been working on a book i usually write about five or six books at a time incredible and, um, wow i just do <laughs> oh my. you know my brain just spins with information and you know they're in my computer so i start one and then i when the leads dry up i go on to something else right. and then I'll, all of a sudden i realize oh my god i'm going to be in this city i want to write a ghost book about that to help make a little extra money and teach people about their spirits so i started writing a book about new hall and the santa clarita valley about 20 years ago and my leads dried up and I got, you know, a little bit dissuaded with it, went on just to the Walt Disney book and my Hollywood book and my Pasadena book. So I decided to go back to that book. And now it's my 70th book. It comes out on Thursday, October 25th. I'm doing a, a special book release uh, signing event um, at a place called Barn and Charm, which is on Lyons Avenue in Old Town New Hall. Wow. And um, that information is on Facebook, on my website as well. So they can find that there. If they call mm -hmm. me, they can get that information or, or email me. Um, and it's open to the public. But we, we would like people to RSVP. Seating is limited. And I will do a light lecture about what ghosts are, why they haunt, and a little bit about the book itself. There, there are so many ghosts in Santa Clarita. You know, honestly, I would never live in that town. <laughs> I wouldn't. You would just have no privacy, like I'd ever. Have, you have would no just privacy. be bombarded. Fantastic. I would be bombarded. It's a great city. It's wonderful. There's lots of little cities um, within the the county itself, but it's just so actively haunted, and not in an evil way. But there are some Native American spirits that were slaughtered by the Spaniards when the missions were being secularized, you know, from the friars, and and unfortunately, they took some of those people up to that area, and that's where they were murdered. And some of that energy remains, but it's way, way, way up in the hills. And, you know, I mean, it's very rare to come in contact with negative energy. But there is a phantom stagecoach that runs along several of the highways. Oh there. Highway 126 <laughs> has a, a Native American woman who's dressed like Ramona, which was a very famous book written by Helen Hunt Jackson in 1884. And um, there's historical sites that are haunted. There are churches that are haunted. All the hospitals are haunted. Magic Mountain has ghosts. That's up there. Um, I touch on a lot of that. And Disney's Golden Oak Ranch, which in the old days of the movie studios, all the studios needed more, more space to film big budget films, but they didn't have room because Los Angeles, you know, real estate is expensive. And the studios were only so large. So they'd go out to these desolate areas like Simi Valley, Santa Clarita, and the San Fernando Valley. And they would buy up lands, old ranches and stuff, and they would set up movie sets and facades and they would shoot movies there. So back in the 1950s, when Walt Disney bought the property in Anaheim to build Disneyland, he wanted more land in Burbank and Burbank just didn't have land to offer him. You know, you may not know this, but Disneyland was originally supposed to be in Burbank across the street from the Walt Disney Studios. Mm -hmm. But the city said, no, we don't want the riffraff and the traffic. So, and there's not enough land there to do it. So he went to Anaheim and bought the property there instead. And, and the rest is history. Sure. Right. Sure. But he also went out to the Santa Clarita Valley, which wasn't called that then. It was called Newhall. 
And he bought up like 350 acres on an old ranch called Placidorita Canyon Ranch. And he started what is now known as Golden Oak Ranch. And hundreds of TV shows and movies have been filmed there. Um, Spin and Marty, the Mickey Mouse Club, those were all filmed there. Um, and, and Mame with Lucille Ball, that big uh, house that she had was a big colonial mansion. That sat on the back lot there for decades until it finally <laughs> fell apart and they tore it down you know Aww. but dukes of hazards was filmed that murder she wrote um the princess diaries was filmed there Aww. even dancing with the stars a couple of years ago had a big giant dance number at the beginning of their season and they brought in all these extras and local people from the town and they all dressed up and they danced on a, a back lot street that looks like old you know the old new york city streets and they had their stars they were all doing their dances and twirls and things and i have pictures of that in my new book but golden oak ranch is very haunted too there's walt disney spirit has been seen there roy's been seen there roy disney jr has been seen there as well and um you know lots of phantoms are in the area and i touch on that in the book so it's really really fun but if your fans want to come and meet me and get a chance to talk about ghosts that can come and see me at this, the store. And of course I, I do book signings and lectures all over the place too. So mm-hmm. yeah. But the other so, way is to come on a tour and to meet me. And when I only, I'm the only one that guides my own tours and I've been accused of being a ghost magnet when I was on the view. Many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Barbara Walters said, you must be a ghost magnet because I was, I did a seance in Meredith Vieira's dining room. Her house was very haunted and she lives in Sleepy Hollow, New York, which was the original landowner was Washington Irving, who was named after George Washington. And he lived there in the 1700s. And um, many, 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 many spirits are haunting that area. That's where he wrote the book Ichabod Crane that was written there in Sleepy oh, wow. Hollow. And stuff. <laughs> cool. And um, so I did a seance there and it was just absolutely astounding. And they couldn't believe their eyes at what they saw during what I call a communication circle. You know, so it's kind of, yeah, neat. but let yeah. me, let me go back for a minute and talk about Walt, uh, Walt Disney and Lillian. Um, when I was a young man, I built doll houses and I, I started selling them when I was 13 years old at local sales in Burbank. And one day this lady came in and she was looking at a doll house. I'd finished my client was coming to pick it up and she was bent down and looking in the windows and looking to see what the, what the, the dolls would be doing. Most of my doll houses don't have dolls in them. They just put, have furniture and wallpaper and electric lights. And I make them the way they would, they would be if I could live in all these different forms of architecture. <laughs> right. And this particular house was an English Tudor mansion and she just liked it. Anyway, so then she was looking at some chairs. I used to make all the chairs by hand. I had a miniature lathe and I still build doll houses and specialty room boxes for, you know, special clients all these years later. But she wanted to buy the chairs and I had priced them really high so they wouldn't sell because I loved them and it took me like six <laughs> months to make the set. Yeah. And I thought, well, if I make them really high, nobody will buy them and I'll get to keep them. So anyway, she comes up and she's, I'm talking to my client and she says she'll pick up the dollhouse later. And so this older lady looks up at me and she says, oh my gosh, did you make these? I said, yes. She said, they're beautiful. And I thanked her and she said, I'd like to buy this set. And I'm like, uh, 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 okay. So I'm writing up her bill and all of a sudden I hear this woman from across the way. This was a very small hall we were in. It was a, a, like a, Elks Lodge or something. And I hear this woman call over, mom, mom, it's time to go. And the woman's handing me her check, right? And I'm looking at it to see if the amount's correct and stuff. And I hear, Mrs. Disney, it's time to go. (laughs) (laughs) And I look at the check and the check says, Lillian, Mrs. Walter Disney. 
Uh. And it signed Lillian Disney. And I'm like, oh, my God, are you Walt Disney's wife? And she said, why, yes, I am. And she said, you know, if my husband were here, he would love you. You and he would get along so well because he built miniatures, too. And he loved working with people like you. I just and love I, that. I almost cried. I was like, wow. maybe I was like 17 at the what time. What an you know? honor. That's an honor. What an, yeah. what an honor. Yeah. Especially with all of your experience, having seen him as a child and, right. and having him have been your hero. It's just all of these things must have been just such an honor. And I'm not trying to right. minimize your part in it at all because you've been well, an incredible contribution to all, uh, all of these things, you know? And, right. and so it's just, it's just such a beautiful marrying of, of all of your passions and right. everything you do is very intricately connected because you're passionate about them all and they all have that something in common which is is really important you know we talked about this about so many people don't get a chance to to really do their lives passions and then right. other people just you know they find a way and and I'm just so pleased to have like had this time with you on the show and actually connecting yeah. outside of the show because sure. it's just a wonderful thing that you're, I mean, you're really living your life to the fullest and it ends up tapping other people into that energy as well. And you know, the sad thing is that many people are jealous of people like you and I, cause I know you do a lot of things like I do. And my mom and dad were this way. My brothers and sisters, we're all very passionate with the things we do. My we're musical. Almost all of us are artistic. I'm also an oil painter. My mom was an award-winning oil painter. I'm sure I inherited my gifts from my family, my DNA, but also, I believe that they're a gift from God, just like my ability to sing. I've never had any musical lessons. I taught myself to play the piano at a very young age. And, you know, I'm very proud of who I am and what I've accomplished. And I, I always say in interviews, I'm the most unusual person you will ever meet in your lifetime. Because I've been, I've been told that. By I always thought like, Tana was. <laughs> well, you know, that may be. But yeah, trust I've, me. I've met, I've met people like Pope John Paul II and the Dalai Lama and Princess Diana. And the, I was Ronald Reagan's medium for 20 years after he left the White House. And I used mm. to go to parties at their house all the time. And he and Nancy introduced me to the who's who in Hollywood. I've done readings for celebrities and average people alike for over My 30 goodness. years. Yeah. Wow. I was Mae West medium when I was 14 years old and I used to go wow. to her house at the Ravenswood <laughs> penthouse wow. and, and I did readings with her. I did seances for That's Roddy great. McDowell and I met Cary Grant and Randolph Scott wow. and all kinds of celebrities through Mae West. Mae West just loved me. I didn't know her really well. I only knew her for a short time before she died, but I even have a ring that she gave me and I still wear it all these years later. And, and she's appeared to me many times. In fact, we did a seance in her apartment and Walt Disney came through the seance and materialized a pack of his Lucky Strike cigarettes. They fell out of the ceiling, and I still have them to this day. I have oh a picture of goodness. it in my book. Incredible. But it really happened. Yeah. And, wow. And Lillian Disney, later on, we became friendly, and she'd come to see me at different shows. I was selling antiques at and stuff, because I've been selling antiques since I was, like, five years old, too. I had my business license at 13. And, you know, people don't believe it, but it's absolutely true. Go to my mm -hmm. website, and you'll see all these things I've done. She bought a dollhouse from me and I custom built it for her. She was donating it to a charity that she belonged to. And I delivered it to her house in Holmby Hills. And that was the house where Walt Disney lived when he died. Hmm. Yeah. And back then I got to go into Walt's barn, his train barn in the backyard of their house was still on the property. And she took me on a little tour of the house, showed me Walt's office. I sat in his chair. I felt his presence there. I saw books on the shelves that he collected fairy tale stories, his favorite books. She showed me a family Bible. Let me take a picture of it. In fact, the back of copy of my book of the ghost of Walt Disney and me, the cover 
is an image of the Disney family Bible that's from the Victorian era. So it's kind of cool, you know? Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. And, and then, you know, I mean, I got to go in the train barn and then it was donated to Griffith Park when the family sold that house and the man that bought it didn't want the house. He tore the house down, which is a shame, but oh. you know, it's what happens. And, yeah. but the train barn has been spared and it's now in Griffith Park and his model trains are there and some of his miniatures. And of course the rest are up in the Disney family museum up in San Francisco, which is really wonderful too. Yes. But I also, I also interviewed Diane and Sharon Disney. I met them through Lillian. Lillian introduced me to all kinds of interesting people that knew Walt. I interviewed other Disney family members, Roy Disney Jr.'s son, Roy Patrick Disney. I met him at an event that Mice Chat held where I was in, in the audience and I was able to ask questions and, I've been on Mice Chat and I've been on other podcasts and stuff too. And, you know, I love this work and I love Walt Disney. And so the books are just natural. I'm also working on a book right now called A Tale of Two Walters. And that book is half of it's about Walter Knott and Knott's Berry Farm. And the other half's about Walt Disney and Disneyland. Because I've always been fascinated that two men of the same time period named Walter built amusement parks that have now become world famous that are about five or six miles away from each other. You know, what's up with that? Uh, yeah. You know, we, I also, that. we talked about that and I told my mom about that and she was super interested in that concept because it, it's just, yes. it's, it, it what is, the odds, it's, right? it, yeah. what are the odds, you yeah. know? And, right. and the fact that That's you've right. had experience enough to, to educate yeah. people on just all the little nuances of the story. I mean, it's just, it's right. fascinating stuff. Fascinating. And so we're, we're going to have to get one of those hey, for I, mom at can least. Can I, um, <laughs> Michael, will you, will you come back? To our show, yeah. And, and I know do, we can we do a, a second show with you? I mean, I would, I would absolutely, absolutely love getting you back on, and maybe we'll because we, I, I know that we had a lot of questions, and we, we've only got about two minutes on record time left here because we've, we've met our limit. But um, I definitely want to give you some more time, and I've got a lot more questions I'd like to ask, and I'm sure Tanya does I'm too. Sorry. No, I'm that's sorry. okay. You this has been fascinating. Question, so. This oh, has no, no, been no. fascinating. It's, it's all been wonderful. And, and you know, it always is as it should be. And I'm glad you Absolutely. talked about your projects. And right. and one more time, if you wouldn't mind, because I just don't want anybody to miss the opportunity to get connected with you. Uh, your web, yes. your website, if you want to explain it the way you prefer. Uh, and then also um, sure. just any anything in general that would lead people in the right direction for some of the topics we've discussed today, uh, as far as book titles or other opportunities sure. to, to experience your work well if they do a google search they can just type in michael j period curry k-o-u-r-i uh-huh. and my website will pop up i'm also on facebook my website's on facebook too but if you want to look up my website directly it's the letter i as in igloo c as in cat g as in god h as in house o s is in sam t is in tom s is in sam Dot com. So I see ghosts.com. Got it. Perfect. And Michael, we'll put a link to all, it. we'll put a link to all of your goodies that you've sent us and that you've shared with us on our Facebook page as well. So if anybody has Great. any uh, interest in, in connecting to the link there, you can do that as well. So thank you so much for your time. It yes, was such thank a pleasure. You so and much. we are very much well, looking forward to having you again. And, and until well, thank you. It's been we're going to, really we're going to hold you to yeah. that. You're not going to get away from us. You, we're going to hold you to another show. So, uh, 
um, okay. we'll, we'll be ready. <laughs> I have I have plenty of stories. I could talk to you guys for the next 20 years. And well, I'm we didn't sure. even, you know, the one thing I wanted to <laughs> ask you about, and I'm going to save this for later on, but your influence in Hollywood. You've had quite an oh, influence yeah. in Hollywood as well. And so, so I we'll want to touch on that, that the next time we get together. Yeah. And uh, you've got some fascinating stories there, too. Yeah. But, but Michael, thank you so much for being on our show. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, Happy Halloween. Huh? Happy, yeah, we're there. Oh, we're, may, may, you have a, may you have a few moments to yourself. I may uh, I may see Halloween this year in a whole different light. Yes. I hope you, you do. Michael, you've done oh, your job. No. Go trick-or-treating. Go trick-or-treating and get yourself a nice toothbrush and a big tube of toothpaste. You all that candy. Thanks again, you guys. Sounds good. Wonderful. All right. Thank you, Thank Michael. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. I am speechless. You are speechless. <laughs> After that interview. We just hung up the phone with greatness. Man, he knows he some is greatness. folks too. We uh, also, you know, we didn't even cover his Hollywood uh, side. We're going to, we'll do that next. We're going to have him back on the show. We're going to, we're going to, uh, yeah, we're going to haunt him until he comes back to, <laughs> to like our that. show. He'll be hearing our voice in his head too. He's, I'm sure he's telepathic. That, so. was, that was just amazing. No, he's, it's amazing. He's got, he, uh, you what? can listen to that guy like all day. He's, yeah. he's, he's got stories galore. The first time I more I called him just to even schedule maybe a, a, a chat, a setup for an interview. We, we no joking, we're on the phone for like an hour and a half. I mean, we, it, he, him and it's I amazing. actually have a lot in common, and and uh, you do, you yeah. Do. It's so so it's just uh, man, it's easy. It, the guy's just he's he's amazing. That was good stuff. That, that was, was good stuff. stuff. Good. Hey, uh, so, before before we get out of here on today's show, uh-huh. I just have a little announcement to make. I want to wish a very merry, um, not unretirement, but retirement, but retirement to mom. Mom pulled the plug, and I guess we can officially we say can now, officially say because we were afraid of conflict things and well, all that good stuff. We just wanted to honor, you know, her privacy, but yeah. uh, mom is was a Disney cast member yes. and she is uh, now been, officially retired. She was a Disney ambassador. She was an ambassador. She was, she was a member, two-time, two-time winner of, cast member cast member of the year. Of the yeah. year. And that was and uh, with pretty, the Disney store. And she's she works pretty for the much, Disney store. She's pretty much Snow White incarnate, you know, she's, she is she is Super Disney you know cast member. Th- she used to just grab the stuffed animals from the store and yeah. stand at the entrance and just when when people would come in with their kids, she'd just take the stuffed animal, and go mmm, mmm, and like kiss- <laughs> kissing them with the little the whoever she had, you That's know, she had a sales. stitch or she had. Well, no, you, you know no, what? It's, know. It's, it's, it's called Disney sincere. magic, and it's mom had it mom. through yeah. and through. And so, what an amazing party! I was actually unfortunately not able to attend this, but the Disney store threw her a uh, very very, very nice farewell. A nice going away. Um, there, there was, was a ton of people probably about there. fifty people that showed up. A lot of cast members that she customers used to work even. with. Um, customers too. Kids. And uh, oh man, it was uh, tears were were falling. But what a neat experience! She had a great time, a great run with Disney, and. Um, you know, maybe who knows? She may come back someday with Disney, but yeah. um, she's done her time. She's retired now, and uh, I would like to have her on the show. Actually, I, I would, would love to because, have her on the show. Um, maybe we you know, should do that shortly. We could. Um, you know, one thing I I thought that would be very um, um, a, kind of entertaining is there's a lot of different like levels of Disney employees as far as the badges and the awards, right? Like yeah, there's ambassadors. What does that mean when you see this or when the you see that? legendaries. And there's all those. I would love to have her on and explain everything and how you get those 
those uh, prestigious awards from Disney. But uh, now anyway, that, now that she's free to she's to, free, we can to do media and press. Yeah, so because no. now there's no conflict of interest. So yeah. we got her now, Disney. Yeah, we got we can, her now. We can thanks, thanks, use her. But thanks um, for giving her back to us. Absolutely. But uh, <laughs> congratulations to my lovely wife. She just did a fantastic job with Disney, and I'm so proud of her. And um, I'm looking forward to having her on the show now. Yes. So that'll be fun. Yes, be and to the fun. rest of you, very merry and birthday, very merry and birthday, Dad. Very merry and birthday, Tanya. Let's get the heck out of here, shall okay. we? Okay. All right. We want to thank you for tuning in to Disney with Daddy and Daughter. Be sure to find us on our Facebook page. Just type in our show name, send us your pics, your stories, your questions. Yep. How fast can I go? Let us know when you're on birthday <laughs> so we can celebrate with you. Celebrate! That's right. You can also email us Disney with Daddy and Daughter at gmail.com. Remember, it's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. So we'll see you next time. Until then, from the happiest podcast on earth and from our family to yours. Make every day magical. I love you, Dad. Love you too, Tana. And by the way, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow And tomorrow's just a dream away Man has a dream and that's the start He follows his dream with mind and heart And when it becomes a reality It's a dream come true for you and me So there's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Just a dream